And welcome to episode 60. What? Get uh, out of here with Borderline. That. I know. How about that? 60. Wow. Every once in a while, because to sign on to our to our streaming platform, you have to type in a title. And so I yeah. always put what episode number it is. And <laughs> uh, sometimes it hits, hits me when I type it. Sometimes not. Yeah. But obviously today when I typed in episode 60. That's crazy, I like, man. I, I mean, yeah, I started thinking about it. In the shower, because that's the only bad thing about doing these shows is that it makes me have to shower. <laughs> right? Got, got to clean up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah just a little bit anyway. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. If it was just an audio podcast, it'd be way better. It'd be way by, better. By the way. I, the, I literally would be would be in a hat and just shorts and a tank top. The, the beauty <laughs> of being bald is you don't know if I've showered or not. No, I don't I don't have bed head. You know what I mean? I I could be like three days without a shower. It wouldn't look any different. Oh my God. You will never have bedhead again in your life. That's fantastic. It really, it really is. Even I, yeah. I, I got to tell you, I don't talk about it much because I'm so, I've, I've been alive longer without hair than with hair, which is kind of crazy really. now. Really? Yeah. I started losing my hair 26, 27 and I'm 52, be 53 this year. So about the same. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, sure enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just, I kind of miss the hair every now and then. Like I, I, you know, cause I had, I had just straight thin hair. Right. So I would have these crazy bedheads just like, you know, that would stand straight up. Like just, <laughs> and you probably went to school and just owned it. <laughs> no, I, I dude, I believe it or not. I'm a pretty clean person. I would never go out in public without showering when I was younger. Isn't that crazy? Most, yeah, yeah. you'd be that guy with the messy hair just going out and saying, yeah, what? Nah, nah, yeah. man. I was all, well, I'd throw a hat on if yeah. I was going to, if it was one of those days. But yeah, I I was always shower guy, believe it or not. Did you, did you spend a lot of time in high school getting ready for school? I, I did. I, I like, like looking back on it now, I remember, like, I think you and I have talked about this before. Do you remember when we rolled up our jeans? That was, yeah, that was towards the end of high school. Yeah. Um, yeah, like late 80s. Like literally, we rolled up our jeans. Like I remember doing that. I remember showering and I remember, I remember, uh, you know, picking out like a nice clean shirt and trying to figure out, you know, what looked good with what jeans or pants. Oh, sure. And I, but, but then I specifically remember rolling my jeans. Like I can't believe we did that. Yeah. Um, we called it pegging your pants, actually. We called it pegging. And we so we pay, and I didn't wear a lot of jeans, and I went to a private school that didn't really allow a lot of crazy dress. Like you couldn't, you know, like there was jeans Monday. You couldn't wear jeans all week. Yeah, so you I had, love you, that. You had to wear khakis, and which is probably why I had an affinity for khakis, right? Because I had to wear them all the time. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I would say I took some time. I took. Uh, I'm sure there were plenty of dudes that could could have cared less. Threw on a, you know, threw on whatever they had and just rolled with it. But I was. Uh, I, uh, was Stacy was Stacy that kind of guy in high school? Did was he was he uh did, like like did he I think we I think clean we, himself up? Yeah, were, you guys, were, I mean, were you guys pretty boys? I mean, I think all of us were for the most part. I mean, once yeah. again at the private we school that private. we went, yeah, at the private school we went to, they they weren't having you just show up all. They they weren't with that. You couldn't just show up all just grungy looking. Couldn't do yeah. it. They they'd send you home. So see, I kind of like the dress code. Like looking back on it now that my kids are are well, no, I was about ready to graduate from high school, but. So it's not not a big deal now because she's comfortable with herself and and owns who she is. But you know, back when they were basically K through, well, I don't know, at least middle school and maybe midway through high school, I would love if we had gone to. There, there's a really popular Catholic school in town, Bishop England. Oh, I and remember Bishop England. 
Yeah, and then there's a couple of private schools downtown also. Now, we never had the money to do something like that, but they all had dress codes. Every yeah. day they wear the same thing. Which, which honestly, I mean, and I don't want to get into. We it, didn't. We didn't have that. Story. We didn't. We didn't have that. I mean, you could. I, I think. I mean, the the experiences that I had with my kids, I would rather have had that because, again, I don't want to get into a deep dark place here to start the show. <laughs> but my my son, because he wasn't wearing the right Nikes, and I never knew oh, this. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Because he wasn't wearing Nike Rochers, you know, back in middle school. Because I, you know, I couldn't afford to buy him Rochers. I told him I'll buy you Nikes, <laughs> but I'm not buying you custom colored made Rochers. Uh, right. Like I don't have two hundred and twenty dollars to buy Rochers. Right. And and I didn't realize that he was bullied uh mercilessly back back in middle school and he didn't tell me until years later but you know looking back on it it would have been much easier just to have a uniform that they wore and that way everyone's wearing the same damn thing and i'm with you if you're not wearing nike rochers i remember when i transferred in in eighth grade that i wasn't wearing some of the brands that were cool and yeah that that changed in a hurry (laughs) because because it was it you know they, they let you know if you were wearing the wrong stuff for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's even worse for girls than it is for guys. Oh, times worse. Yeah, I felt bad for times Noel. Worse. I mean, for all those years. Again, if she had to wear the same thing every day, fine. Sign me up for that. I don't care. That's great. I, I'm because with you on that. Sarah has to wear the same thing as Lily, has to wear the th- same thing as Noel and I'm Julie, and they all would have to wear exactly the same. I'm with you on that. Because, you know, it's like even with private schools, I means not all the kids there come from money. Some of them are there on academic scholarships. Some of them are there on athletic scholarships. So they don't have those brands. They don't have the ability to wear that stuff. And you are, you know it. You, everyone lets you know that you're wearing the wrong stuff at a school like that. So I'm, I'm yeah. kind of with you on the uniform stuff. I mean, and look, kids that have style can make a uniform stylish if they want. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? They can find ways to trick it out. So yeah. Well, I, and, I, and I, it's good too. These, these private schools, they'll have days where, where you can just, you know, wear whatever. Yeah. It's like spirit days, I think is what they're called. Right. So yeah, man. Anyway. Speaking of speaking of looks and uh, in this case insecurities, we are doing the show <laughs> late at night. I feel like I should have like a bourbon and a cigar. Yeah, well, um, I, I've got my but, son. So it, it I, I kept the yeah, sun you, right outside there. I, kept I look up. like it's nighttime. Like this is all I could yeah. do. Like light from my computer screen and this lamp over here. You you actually have it looks like it looks like I'm doing the show like downtown, you know, yeah. New York City in the middle yeah. of winter, and it looks like you're in L.A. Yeah, man. I'm yeah. This ring light's working pretty well for me, and I tr- actually turned it down. <laughs> It was really bright when we were when we just came on before we came on air. So yeah, yeah, it's a thirty-five dollar ring light, man. Plugs I, right I, into your I computer. Prob- I probably it's. I mean, it's twenty twenty three. Am I the last person to do a podcast without a ring light? Probably <laughs> I think so. so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. If, if I'm one up in you on the technology uh, department, that's bad. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> uh, speaking of technology, we have two guests today. Um, this is going to be an awesome show, and uh-huh. unfortunately, this is again going to be another example. Maybe, maybe we need to like lobby, where sometimes we have one hour, like most of the time, Borderlands one hour. Ooh, special. Or maybe sometimes we just do like a two-hour special because I feel like, like with Anthony last week. Anthony was uh, for anyone who saw. For those of you who didn't watch last week, I'm not just saying this because it's our show. Yeah. Anthony Ione is an incredible story. Absolutely. Um, of perseverance and of hard work, dedication. He is an outstanding person. I mean, we all know him for all of his cornhole shit, which is yeah. fantastic. But he is truly a great man. I mean, truly a great man. Hundred percent. So, so I mean, we could have gone. We could have gone two hours easy. Easy. Same thing. Same thing with these guys that we're going to have on today. 
Um, and we'll get to it here in just a minute. But uh, just oh, just by the way, can, can we send a shout out to our fearless leader, Trey Ryder? By the way, yeah, you COVID. told me he's not feeling COVID. good, huh? Yeah, got a little COVID. Finally got to him. You know, it, it, he he called me because one of the reasons I'm here in Charlotte is to be in the office because we were going to discuss some things that we were going to do, and he's not. You know, now we're going to have to do it virtually. Blah blah blah. And that's neither here nor there. But you know. I'm 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 kind of known as the person that gets sick way too much within the ACL, and it's just kind of funny to have Trey be the one that's uh, under the weather. So well, and like you said, one of the interesting things is um, that this is the first time he's gotten it. I mean, yeah. because really, he and Kathy are the only two people I think in my in my world anyway that I know that haven't had it yet. Uh, my parents have had it. My, well, actually, you know what? My brother might not have had I it. I don't. But, most everyone I think of my family has had it. And yeah, most of my friends have had it. I don't know if Stacy's had it, but everyone else I know, I'm pretty oh, sure has had it at Stacey. least once. Stacy hasn't had it, has he? I don't know if, but you know, he may have and just didn't go to the doctor. He's kind of one of those tough it out kind of guys. So I don't know. Yeah, see, I wanted to know. When I was sick, I wanted to know, all right, do I have it? So I was kind of the opposite. I wanted yeah, to know. Yeah, well, and that, you know, I, I see my mom and her husband, Mike, on a pretty regular basis. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I've, I've probably come up here a couple of times not feeling too well when I shouldn't have. And so I, I've always yeah. wanted to know if I've got it or something right. like that before I come up here. Right. They're advanced in age. Well, yeah. So hopefully, uh, going back to your point, yeah. So, so, uh, big shout. Feel better. Yeah. yeah hopefully, Trey will feel better. Oh, by the way, on a, on a, on a sad note, also, shout out and our thoughts, literally thoughts and prayers with Ryan Wiedenfeld and his family. Uh, tragic story with Ryan losing his father, uh, what, just in the last week, right? Yeah, it's a Days, week, week and a half. Yeah, week. I mean, yeah, that's just awful. Awful. And Ryan's awful. supposed to play at the shootout with Ryan Smith, right? Yep. In Arizona? Yep. So, um, yeah, I don't dad, know. it sounds like I, I, I haven't had a chance to meet and, and speak too much to Ryan Wiedenfeld, but it sounds like his dad was was a big part kinda, of his yeah kind of omnipresent with his cornhole career you know yeah. so that's uh awful just awful yeah so our, our prayers and thoughts out with with he and his family and and hopefully he can make it to arizona but if he can't obviously we all we all understand so Absolutely. Well, hey, speaking of great guys before we get to to our guests one, one more note on um on anthony so kathy and i went and and had a great opportunity to see damon west speak live at our real estate company. And for those who don't know Damon West, if you've ever read the book, The Coffee Bean, it's a great, it's a great read. And, and Damon West is an incredible story. And Anthony reminds me of him. I mean, what, what Damon has overcome now, Damon yeah. was a flat out criminal. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> right. is, Anthony is not. But, but the fact that the two of them have lived completely polar opposite lifestyles. Um, there is some kind of symbiotic nature there between the two of them. But yeah. uh, the coffee bean, it's, it's about, you know, there's life is basically a, a, a kettle of boiling water, which we all know. And there's lots of trials and tribulations and tough moments. And you can either be an egg and it can make you hard on the inside, or it can make you a carrot and it can make you soft and fearful and scared. Or you mm -hmm. can be the coffee bean. When you stick a coffee bean in boiling water, Nothing happens to the coffee bean. It changes its environment. It makes right. the water brown. You don't change it. It changes you. Anyway, it's a great book. It's an easy read. He now has a couple of follow-up stories, but basically to make a long story short, this dude was a hardcore criminal in, <laughs> in the streets of Dallas, selling drugs, breaking into houses. 
And uh, he went to prison and totally changed his life and uh, nearly lost his life a couple times in prison. But he was the coffee bean in prison. He met this old guy and he said, listen, you can either be an egg, you can be a carrot or you can be a coffee bean. Well, it just about it just about killed him to be the coffee bean in prison. But he survived. His story got out there. He ended up being paroled. And now he's literally changing people's lives across the nation. And, and, and I know that that's an extreme story. But damn it, Bernie, when, I, when we were talking to Anthony last week, I'm like, dude's a coffee bean. Yeah. Anthony is a coffee bean. I mean, this, this guy speaks to Clemson. He speaks to Alabama. He speaks to all the huge football programs to inspire their athletes. And, and Anthony is a similar story, again, not on the criminal side, but a story of perseverance and, and dedication and hard work and, and overcoming. I mean, he lived, he lived in the hood, basically. And, and you know, like he said, I mean, there, there are people doing drugs and crack all around him. But Anthony survived, and he's a better person for it. I mean, he could be one of those guys. I mean, he could be a, you know, an inspirational sure. speaker. You know, what, uh, one of the things when, when Anthony was kind of going through some of that with us and just you know, knowing Anthony the way that I do and the way that you do, like, I think sometimes, and this is going to sound weird, that when you're in those circumstances and kind of going back to your coffee bean story, it, it, you know, when you decide, yeah, I'm going to help my mom and I'm going to help raise my brothers and sisters, you have zero time, right? You then have zero time to wallow in self-pity. You have zero time to get in trouble. You literally don't have time for anything because, yeah. You know, Anthony said, you know, talked about how well he was doing in school. So he's doing school. He's raising his brothers and sisters. He's helping as much as he can around the house. I mean, there's only so much time in the day when you're awake. Right. So it's almost as if he filled all of it, because I I know from personal experience that when you've got time, you can wallow. You've got all this time. Right. To sit there and just, you know, bash your head in, you know, with all the thoughts that are going through your brain. You know, you've got all this time to think about it. And that's such a bad thing. And I. I remember, you know, I, I thought that I was thinking about this when Anthony, like I, I, I've been to therapy and I remember a therapist telling me one time, like you need 20 jobs. You know, this is when I was in high school. You need to be playing sports. You need jobs. You don't need any alone time. Yeah. You need zero time alone to think. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> you know? But I mean, looking back on it, hundred percent true. Yeah. If you, can, I agree with if, you. if you can keep your mind occupied it's not going to you know, try to tear you down from the inside out. So that's that's one of the things I was thinking about as Anthony was going through that was like, you know, I think if people just could just kind of follow that, you know, what he's going through, like he's too busy, too busy, you know, find. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I'm talking to myself more than I'm talking to other people right now. Find a hobby, find something to keep your mind occupied. If you feel like you're sliding down a path, I guess. I guess that's my my words of wisdom for the day. That's it. That's all I, like I got. That. No, I think I think that's very very true. I mean, think I'm thinking back onto my childhood and and my kids and my family, and yeah, I mean, you'd rather I mean, you, you'd rather have to pull the reins back, right, on your right. kids from doing too much and biting off more they can chew. And I mean, my parents had me in everything to where my mom thought I was burning the candle at both ends. You know, we talked about right. all the time. But yeah, yeah, you'd rather that than having all that time on your hands and too much free time. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. All right, you ready to dive into this? Let's let's do it. Let's bring them on. All right. Speaking of time management, I don't know how the hell these guys do it. So I'm I'm just instead of instead of surprising anyone, I'm just going to get right to it. So we are being joined today by Rich Chamness and Graham Williams, and they are the owners of BG Cornhole. And whether or not you are into cornhole or you are not into cornhole, you've got to hear these guys' stories. These guys are brilliant guys, well educated. 
Um, and and they, they are incredible entrepreneurs who have taken a chance in this crazy sport of cornhole. Um, and, and, and it's paid off for them. I mean, BG Cornhole, for those of you who are watching, I know a lot of you, you know, are, aren't totally invested in the in the sport like we are. BG Cornhole, all of a sudden, BG bags have become one of the most popular bags. I don't know where the, the ranking of popularity of bags goes, but BG is right up there. You cannot go to a tournament without seeing these bags all over the place. So let's start. So so first off, so the only bad thing about this, Bernie, is that when they both sent us some bullet points on yeah. their careers, I'm like, holy shit, what the hell have I been doing with right? that? Right. I was sitting there looking at it going like, you know, if you look at my resume, it looks like like really bad graffiti. Yeah. Like like Bernie was here and that's all that would be there. And then yeah. I'm reading their like pages and pages of information. Right. Yeah. And and I was a minor <laughs> league baseball broadcaster. Like that's it. Like, <laughs> and here I am. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So so Rich Chamnus, uh, he's he's from a small town in northeast Ohio. Kathy is the only person who I know in my life who knows where this is because she's from Boardman, but uh, he's from Rootstown, Ohio. But Rich uh, served on top of everything else that we're going to talk about. He served in the army for 16 years, had two deployments to Iraq in 2010 and 11, graduated from Kent state with a bachelor of radiological sciences, which I can barely even say, uh, got his MBA years later, uh, big time entrepreneur, it, it, a funny story. He actually had a startup, uh, based company around wearable tech, but Bernie, mm-hmm. this goes back before that was even a term. I and, know. And, and in his email, he said, I wish I could go back to that era with what he knows now but right. so he was doing wearable tech before we even knew what that was uh but then his career took off in in radiology he worked as a as a ct and x-ray and uh, clinical management for a while uh then got into capital sales basically medical sales um and he uh, five years ago with siemens and currently works for siemens in houston covering two of their largest global accounts um, he also owns uh, another business in pennsylvania but uh, but Rich and Graham Williams took over BG at the very end of 2019, basically just taking kind of a chance on this company. And again, it's been an amazing story. So that's Rich. Then Graham, who was born in Houston, Texas, grew up playing sports, so big-time sports guy, all-state soccer player in high school. Uh, got burned out like many of us do um, in high school, so he did not play in college. But uh, went to Texas A&M, studied industrial distribution, which is kind of a fancy name for a hybrid um, career or a major in engineering and business. I don't know what it is, Bernie, about engineers in the sport of cornhole. They love it. They absolutely <laughs> love it, right? Yeah. So so his background in engineering, after graduating, he started to, uh, he started as an engineer, actually, in oil and gas, and then moved uh, into outside sales, sales and still does sales, calling on refineries, chemical plants. Um, but, but he, I mean, he treats his territory like it's his own business. So again, very entrepreneurial based mind um and, and really just kind of had that dream like many of us that didn't want to work for somebody else he, he wanted to to own his own company i mean that was always the ultimate goal and uh he, he he in his email to us you know he said he's super competitive um and and all of a sudden they found cornhole and and like so many of us bernie yep. they got addicted to it so um and and it, and it became their life and and with these guys instead of just continuing to play in their backyard they decided to take it one step further and buy a bag manufacturing company. So without further ado, I've spoken way too much. Uh, let's get to the owners of BG Cornhole, Rich Chamnus and Graham Williams. Welcome, guys. Hey, what's yeah. up, guys? How are you? Thanks for having us. 
I don't hey know guys, we I'm actually going to come on, or if y'all were just going to do like a. I mean, like there's so there was so much information. I think I think he only read like like fifteen percent of it. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I mean, Graham, 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 yours was yours yours was a little bit abbreviated, and, and Rich, yours was in bullet points, and I just kept reading, and I'm like, like I don't know, I don't know what to edit out of this. <laughs> like you, you've done so much, but you're right. You're right, Bernie. I mean, I read maybe, I read maybe, maybe, maybe a third of it. Yeah. So, but Hey guys, uh, thank somewhere. you so much for making this work. I know you guys are super busy yep. and, uh, and, and I, Graham, I know you were on, uh, when we were talking about Anthony Ione and his story, Rich, I'm not sure if you heard it. We were talking about the book, the coffee bean and Damon West. I don't know if you guys ever heard that story. Oh, I caught the tail end. I didn't, I was wondering who you were talking about. I heard you say Anthony. I wasn't actually sure. So I need to go back and listen. Cause that sounded really interesting. Yeah, Anthony's a great story, and if you ever get a chance to read the book "The Coffee Bean" uh, by Damon West, it's it's great stuff. You guys, you guys especially would really would really enjoy his story. But all right, so Rich, all right, all right, let's just let's just get right to the most obvious question. So, I mean, with with your and Graham's background, right? So diverse between what you guys were doing, nothing to do with cornhole whatsoever, right? How, why, how did this start and why, why, how did you get here? You were in the army, you know, you've been in sales in medical sales. Why, why cornhole all of a sudden? Uh, man, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think it all really started when, uh, me and Graham, fun fact, we actually invented cornhole. Um, Really, Wouldn't surprise uh, me. Yeah, yeah. It, but uh, a, a good fact is he actually lives across the street from me, uh, so we're probably only like fifty meters away from each other, sitting in different rooms. But uh, <laughs> when I had moved here to Houston, uh, we were just trying to figure out something to do with my life, uh, and my wife was telling me to get a life, I guess. So I saw that they had a cornhole league, and I had just met Graham. Um, and I asked him to be my cornhole partner, uh, down on one knee and everything is super romantic. <laughs> uh, and, uh, we just started kind of playing and, uh, we really didn't know too much about each other at that point. Um, and that kind of like brought us into a, a friendship. Um, and during that we started talking about, you know, how we could, I guess, get into other, you know, revenue streams, um, and just different type of uh, uh, work to just do better for ourselves. And so we were looking at, um, like a couple like restaurant type, uh, concepts, um, some potential like investment properties. Uh, and then we, uh, <laughs> actually decided on, um, cornhole because we, our favorite brand at the time, uh, was BG obviously. Um, and then we had seen a lot of just craziness going around with the brand. I'm not well, sure. Rich is, yeah, Rich's favorite brand. I never got in it. Yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good point. So, so <laughs> I guess a lot of people don't know is we, is everyone always thinks that we started the business. We actually acquired the business, uh, back right. in 2018, BG was arguably one of the biggest, uh, most well-known companies. Um, and then just had a, you know, just a couple ill-timed, uh, mistakes, um, and then, you know, kind of imploded on itself. Um, and during that time we both had, well, I had ordered boards and bags. Uh, and then I told Graham, Hey, you should order some bags and boards. They're great. Uh, well, 
we were part of people who didn't ever get them. Uh, so uh, we were some of those frustrated, you know, customers. Um, and then during that time, as we're like trying to, you know, get our equipment that we had ordered, um, we had seen just a lot of minutia and just craziness uh, on social media. So at that time, what we noticed was everyone would be blasting the company and then they'd say, oh, but by the way, this really sucks because the company, you know, the product's awesome. The bags were awesome. The designs were awesome. So then we were like, this is interesting. You know, maybe, maybe if it has a new face, uh, you know, just a, you know, because, you know, the prior owner, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and us coming from, you know, business backgrounds and, you know, scaling businesses, uh, we thought that we could, you know, I guess, revive the brand. So we shot an email over to him uh, just on a whim and he actually responded. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, we owned it, which was super cool. We did no research at all, uh, had no idea what we were getting into. We just thought it'd be cool to go across the street and make some cool bags uh, for our friends. And uh, here we are. Wow. Well, that, 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 that's kind of crazy because it brings me into a question I really wanted to ask you guys since I knew you were coming on and you're kind of led me into it. So you, you knew, like for some of the younger people that watch and that play the sport, I don't even know if they're aware that what BG was, say, 2018, right before you guys got it. I mean, perception is nine-tenths of reality most of the time. And the perception out there wasn't that great. Like you said, people love the bags, they love the boards, but they weren't sure what they were going to get otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. That's such a risk. And you guys are both such, you know, very intelligent guys. You come from strong business backgrounds. You know, what I mean, you kind of already answered the question was, was it ever a thought? Like, should we be doing this with this brand? Can't, you know, even if we do everything right, will people give us a break and let, you know, let, uh, let our actions speak for themselves instead of still considering what the brand was a year ago. Did that ever even come up or were you just like, you know what, we're going to take it each step as they come and we're going to repair, repair this brand. Yeah, we, we did take a lot of heat when we when we first took over uh you know we started you know with just kind of resetting on social media uh, letting people know just you know new ownership new management that type of thing and people literally laughed at us blasted us told us we were idiots told us change the brand name it's dead you guys are stupid blah 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 uh and we continually pushed the you know like guys like no one's gonna give uh, no brand, you know, whoever company a chance. Uh, but if you did at some point like the brand BG, um, you know, maybe you'd be more willing to take the chance. Um, so it was a risk on our side, of course. Um, but we felt strongly that uh, we could revive it with the right, the right move. So I don't know, Graham, if you had any. Well, yeah, I was gonna say you guys, you guys definitely have done that. By the way, real quick, just to go back, Rich, I mean, your wife must be a four-star general. If she's telling you to get off the couch and get a life <laughs> with everything that you put in those bullet points, what you been doing? <laughs> she, she must, she must we be act like that on a daily basis, that's for sure. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's driving you hard back there. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So, all right. So, Graham, so do you guys remember, like, like can you take us back? Do you remember the first conversations? Like, who whose idea was it? Like, who said to the other... Um, Hey, what if we buy a cornhole company? Like, do you remember these early conversations? Yeah, so definitely Rich is, has 
always been and still is like way more dialed in on Facebook. So he kind of, you know, I, I knew that I was a frustrated customer, right? Like I had ordered boards and bags, never had boards and bags before. So I was obviously pretty excited. I mean, I go back and look at my messenger at that time, you know, like multiple support emails to, to BG, like, Hey, when are these going to show up? If it's not here, you know, soon, can I please cancel my order? Blah, blah, blah. But Rich was more dialed into like the Facebook scene at that point in time. And there were literally pages devoted to like, boy, like it was boycott BG. That was a big one. Literally. And, yeah. So we're just reading through this and I mean, basically at that point, yeah, you know, Rich kind of passed that along to me, shared. So then I kind of checked it out and we're like, you know, what the hell, like, what does it hurt to just reach out and see what happens? So it kind of reached out. We, <laughs> I'd say we kind of knew what we were getting into whenever it all got finalized. But as we did, you know, probably like a month or so. And, you know, because basically what we did was we knew that there was a huge backlog that we were going to have to climb out of the, I think shop at that time had, whatever somehow disappeared so we didn't really even necessarily know like how deep that backlog went mm -hmm. so you know we have kind of a list like hey here's the orders that we think we have to fulfill you know we think this will take this much time and then as we start fulfilling those people just like start coming out of the woodworks like hey well you know i was owed a set of boards i was owed two sets of bags and we're like just kind of literally people could have made up anything and we don't yeah. even know mm -hmm. So we're like, dude, this uh, might have been. Uh, <laughs> we're like, oh shit, man! Like, because initially we're like, you know, it's for the risk reward. Like, it was there, right? Because we were looking at other businesses, but none of them were necessarily things we wanted to do. So then, when we saw the opportunity to, you know, get into Cornell, we're like, well, this will actually be fun, even if it, you know, isn't necessarily financially rewarding. Um, but yeah, then there definitely did come a time where we're like, man, we might have bit off more we can chew. It was getting pretty stressful. We we're having to put, you know, more money into, you know, filling this backlog before we could, because we didn't feel right taking any orders until we, you know, made everyone whole. Um, I forget how long that took. I want to say it took like three months or three something. months, I think. Yeah. So at that point, we we're just, you know, kind of burning money and um, sanity. And we we're like, uh, maybe it was a bad idea. Kind of <laughs> well, and, and Graham, on top of all that, and then COVID hits, right? I mean, so because the timing of this is yeah. is 2019, right? When you guys took on yeah. this this venture, we thought that was the nail in the coffin. We were like, yeah, well, <laughs> this was a fun, uh, quick little ride. Yeah, because it was literally uh, end of December 2019. So you know, three months later, we we're like, yeah, well, that was yeah. a fun little uh, ride of just giving people a bunch of free stuff. Uh, I guess we're done. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was it was pretty wild though during COVID. I guess the silver lining was, well, first of all, that's when it started getting on a TV, right? So all of a sudden, Cornell's being broadcast on ESPN. No other sports are playing. People are stuck at home with nothing to do, so they're buying boards and bags to play at home. Ghost Cornhole started. People are, like, playing against each other via the Internet. I mean, people got pretty resourceful, and uh, luckily, I mean, the business grew, grew through COVID. Uh, thank goodness. Hey, real, real quick, one more question on that, Rich. I mean, do you remember – a moment where uh, or i'm sure you guys were were fearful and i'm sure you were you were you know you know wondering what you know where's the future of this going do you remember like the lowest point and all of a sudden do you remember where it turned yeah i mean for me i, th I think it was about three months in when you know graham mentioned like literally just people just kept 
it just never ended. I mean, it would be like, we'd have this list, we work through the list and then all of a sudden 10 people would be like, oh, I have boards, 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 bags, bags, bags. And we were like, what is happening? And it just kept going and going and going and then COVID hits. And we literally were like, at, you know, I'd say March timeframe, probably give or take. Uh, we're like, dude, what, what, why, what, what are we doing? <laughs> like, this is a, this isn't healthy for our sanity at this point. Um, you know, I, I think that was like, uh, I'd say the lowest and that I can recall. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden did the orders just start coming in and just, and just changed everything. And then all of a sudden you guys are just like, wow, yeah, like we're onto something now. Let's go. I think we slowly, uh, this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, there, actually when we were running ROIs and trying to figure out if it was even justifiable to even give this a shot, our goal <laughs> was actually 40 sets a week. Like that's where we're like, dude, we could freaking kill it. If we get 40 <laughs> sets a week, dude, yeah. Like, let's go. <laughs> but, uh, now we're like, oh my God. But uh, uh, that was like the goal. And then as we kind of slowly got to that point, I mean, that's how far this was and how deep we were spiraling at that time. Um, it, 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 we would just get more and more people online, social media, like, Hey, like these guys are legit. They're really trying. Like, I mean, we totally shut down orders uh, because we thought it was that important to reset. And I think once people realized that we were not taking on any more orders, we were literally shelling out our own you know, money just for months <laughs> at that point, I think that it helped get us, you know, some, uh, some clout, I guess. Um, and then as people slowly started trusting us, uh, we started selling more and more. And then we, I think we had like a, like a 50 set limited release at some point, which is even yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we were like, okay. And we did it, we sold out. It took, I don't know, like a day and a half or something probably. And we were like, this is so awesome. Like <laughs> we're like texting each other, like blowing up, like, dude, can you believe this? This is going <laughs> well, did, how, many set, how many sets a week do you guys sell now? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, hundreds and hundreds for sure. Um, oh my gosh! I, I That's amazing. You you were hoping you were hoping for you were hoping for forty and uh, thinking that forty yeah. was going to be crazy, and now you can't even count how many you get. Yeah, yeah. But I did you know? Did did you know? Like like because because your bags were known to be good, right? Like that was. That was an open secret in the game. The bags were great. You just, like we already talked about, beat a dead horse. But was that the reason why you stuck with it? Like everyone knows the product's good if we can just get over this hump. Once we get over this hump, we're good. Like, did you feel that? It was like, was that a part of your mindset the whole time? Yeah, well, yeah, like Rich kind of alluded to earlier, that was kind of the whole underlying theme of, you know, what we were reading online and what made, in our minds, you know, this to be a good decision because everything we were reading was really directed and not towards, you know, not to bring him back down memory lane, but uh, everything was really based on customer service and execution and operation. And, you know, like overall kind of operational strategy, those were the problems in customer service. Everyone loved the bags. So everyone wanted the bags. People were trying to get the yeah. bags and they couldn't get them. Mm -hmm. So we knew that the quality was there. The designs were there. You know, a lot of there, there were a lot of really good things going for the company. It basically just 
Cornell started blowing up, it kind of got overwhelming and, you know, it was just kind of a hard thing to dig out of. Um, so then, you know, whenever we came in, we basically just had a whole different mindset and strategy on how we were going to do things just in terms of like controlling demand. And, you know, like something we did early on was, Hey, we're not going to sell bags unless we have them in stock. Like we're not going to oversell just because people want them and we see like an easy opportunity to grab more money. Like we're not going to do that. If we don't have it in stock, we're not going to, we're not going to ship it or, you know, we're not going to sell it. And that, that was really big for us too, because no one was really doing that at the time. You know, there's probably a couple that were, but for the most part, you know, like Rich mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier, you know, when we first started playing, we were throwing BG, but at that time the craze was game changers. We were like, dude, how do we get game changers? Because everyone, was with yeah. us. so we we're like, we got to, we, it's these bags. It's, it has nothing to do with us. Like these bags will make us invincible. So we scoured the internet. Trying to find game that is totally true. Bags. But, you know, they were whatever, four or five, six weeks out or something because they were selling so many and they had the demand, but they obviously, you know, had a well-established business and know what they're doing production wise. So it was a little bit different. They could still meet, you know, timeframes, but we're like, dude, we don't, we don't have the bandwidth to handle that. We need to like know that if someone places an order, we can quickly get them the bags and deliver and kind of not do what had happened to them in the past. So Graham, Graham, did you guys even know what BG stood for? Does anyone know now? No. Well, it's different now. <laughs> but yeah, Initially it stood for uh, Buckeye game boards. So it's founded in Ohio, big Buckeye fan. Um, but yeah, so now it's kind of informally become bad gods. Like, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, gotcha. But uh, yeah, so we we kept the name obviously because you know, like Rich mentioned, some people were saying, "Yeah, y'all are crazy. You should change the name." But we bought it because of what you mentioned, Bernie. Like, it was a well-established brand that had a lot of brand presence, even though it had a bunch of bad PR at the time. But we had a big following that. We didn't mm-hmm. want to just erase and start mm-hmm. over. There would have been no point to, you know, buy BG if we were going to do that. So right. Let, let me uh, let me change gears real quick. We've done this with other bag manufacturers we've had on here because one of the things that Jeff and I have talked a lot about is is strategy. How bag manufacturers approach which professionals to go after. How many? You know, do you go after mm-hmm. just a small number of top players? Do you extend it out? You know, into a much deeper pool? You know, like what? At what point did you start targeting players? Did you did you give yourself a year, a couple of years? Like, all right, let's get everything back up running. Let's get the reputation back where it needs to be. Now let's go get these kids, right? Like now let's go start targeting players. Or was it just more organic than that? It's like, hey, we need to start doing this because everyone's doing it. How did that work for you guys? Yeah, I, I guess I can <laughs> go first from the initial. Uh, yeah, great question. First off, you know, when we acquired BG, like we didn't even know that there was like, pro players like the target of BG. I mean, that's how much market research we did uh, from that standpoint. Uh, but like Eric Anderson uh, was, you know, definitely there from the get-go and always has been. Um, so, he, you know, he definitely relied on him for a lot of this stuff. Um, and I think out the gates, while we were trying to figure out like a strategy on players, we actually went on a strategy of how to revive the brand first off. So that's where we started. And in that, um, you know, we were, where do we go in the market? And at the time there was, you know, a thousand bag, you know, fast bags, everyone's about the fast bag craze. And there was, you know, elephant in the room, there's one giant with a slow bag. Uh, And we realized at that time um, that, 
you know, a lot of the top pros were throwing slower bags and, you know, flopping, cutting, curving. Um, and the business strategically, we were thinking, uh, do we go and just blend in with 50 different thousand vendors doing uh, fast bags? And hopefully we get 5% or, you know, whatever, even 50% of that uh, versus we could go head to head with a giant. And if we get 5% market share, hey, it's still a win for us. Um, so we went that direction while we saw everyone else was going one way, we went the opposite way. And I think we caught the, to be honest, I mean, we caught the whole market off guard. I, I think we could definitely, you know, say that at this point. Um, and during that process, while we're like, Hey, let's do this. Uh, we came, we're in Texas, uh, you know, and we ended up running into the nine, seven, nine. So it's like, uh, Eddie Grindersleeve and uh, Josh Gross, uh, AJ Sims, uh, Caleb Batson. And dude, these, I mean, they're fire. I mean, they could yeah. literally cut, flop, you know, curve. Like it was the craziest thing. And we've never seen that. I mean, we're freaking Sienna Plantation, like <laughs> Cornwall League, just trying to get it across the board. Uh, <laughs> and we were just blown away. And uh, that was like the, you know, the pivotal moment for us on, um, you know, at least a player standpoint was, you know, we wanted to get the bags that we felt would give the best, like, uh, look outlook on what the product was, uh, in those people's hands. And at that time, and they were local to us, they were, you know, the ones, uh, that we went after, um, since, since then, um, you know, it, we still target like a more, I think a younger, Kind of, you'll see like a, we, we have like a younger group generation throwing the bags. They're all about the flopping, cutting, curving. Um, and then, you know, from a number standpoint, uh, you know, we, we like to reward loyal people, you know, that have always thrown our bags, you know, have always been there for us since day one. So, you know, it, it's as they turn pro, we do everything we can to, you know, try to reward them with, you know, sponsorships. Um, you know, some get offered ones that we can't match. And unfortunately, it, it is what it is. Um, but um, I don't know, Graham, you want to? Yeah, I think just like this, and you were like kind of going into it, but I think so early on, we had a very, you know, specific strategy. Um, mm -hmm. And then after that point, we kind of got some traction. Then literally since then, it's mostly been organic. So like Rich mentioned, we like to basically, you know, bring people onto the team that already are choosing to rep and throw the brand, you know, just as a personal choice, because we know, you know, these guys have gone up through the ranks throwing BG. A lot of them have qualified for, you know, pro being BG. So we want to bring those guys and keep them because we already know like, Hey, y'all been repping the brand, you know, before you even had to. So if we can keep those guys, you know, on the team, whenever they go pro or advanced or whatever we want, we want those guys first and foremost. And I, I think you'll see, if you look at our team, there might be a couple exceptions, but I mean, 95% are, you know, throwing BG by choice. It's not like we've yeah. never really gone up after, you know, uh, whatever. We've never gone after like a top five team and just thrown a bunch of money at them to, you know, try to try to be on the team. We've always made sure that these people are, or that everyone on our team basically meshes well with us. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of it's about character and then obviously it's about play, but everyone on our team we also get along with really well 
we want people that are good teammates. We want them to, you know, represent the company well in public. So, I mean, that all that stuff's really important to us. Hey guys, unfortunately, we are going to run out of time quickly. <laughs> we, we literally only have like five minutes left, and and, and I know we say this every week, but literally, I would love to spend another hour with you guys. But Graham, uh, while you're speaking on it, uh, and Rich, you know this too. I mean, being being business owners, being entrepreneurial, I'm I'm in real estate, so I, I get it. You have to run your own business, run your own company, and one of the things that they talk about in business all the time is what is your why? What's your why? Why are you doing something? What's your purpose? What, what you know? What's what's your larger goal? What's your larger purpose? And Graham, it almost seems like for you guys um, that maybe that that kind of has shifted and changed. It almost seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just from hearing you, it almost seems like this became you know kind of a kind of a capital venture to begin with, a way to make some money and own your own business. But it seems like Graham, it seems like that's changed. I mean, you guys have really you know dived into the emotional side of this game. And now are saying, not only do we want to make money and grow this business, but we're trying to do what's best for the game and what's best for the players and give them what they want. Yeah, for sure. And I, I assume Rich will probably say the same thing. But I mean, honestly, it's pretty simple for me. I just want to be able to wake up every day and like do things that I enjoy doing. Mm. I mean, it's really as simple as that. You know, you wake up in Cornell and I don't know if somebody asked me how much time we you know, we're spending on BG, like Rich and I are literally texting all day. We're talking to the shop all day. We're literally strategizing and, you know, coming up with stuff, but it doesn't, it's not like work, you know, it's, it's fun. It's like, we're texting about cornhole bags, you know, <laughs> you know like, it's not like really serious stuff. Like, I don't know. So basically, yeah, for me, it's as simple as that. I just want to be able to wake up every day and like actually do things that I enjoy. If they make money, I mean, obviously that's important so that I can, you know, keep a house <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh aside from that i mean really yeah we just i just want to have just enjoy life rich do you remember that why changing for you do you remember this going from you know an entrepreneurial i want to make money type of venture to hey this is something bigger than than that even yeah i think i'm pretty well aligned with graham on you know it doesn't feel like work ever you know sometimes you get that at you know when you're back to back to back to back events and stuff like that but um you know it's we wake up i actually enjoy it man it's like not something that i wake up and i'm like oh my god here we go again you know that type of thing uh and then honestly like the community itself is what kind of i think won us both over is you know, when we go places, you know, people are just, uh, you know, they're, they're thankful, not just for us, but for everybody else. I mean, you see all these fundraisers and money raised and, you know, that was part of like the thing that we love to do about it is you'll see us all the time. I mean, we rarely probably shouldn't put this out there. Rarely will turn down, you know, like fundraising uh, opportunities for the community because they've supported us since day one and got us here. Uh, and we actually really love that part is being able to kind of give back, um, you know, and reciprocate. So it is, it's kind of has like a deep emotional, uh, you know, I guess piece there where, you know, a lot of jobs and stuff like that, you just check the boxes and keep moving. But Yeah. All right, real quick, I've got to wrap things up. But and again, I wish we had a lot more time for this. I, I was hoping to get into this more, but, uh, Graham, we'll start with you. Um, it, the, the sport has grown so much. We talk about all the time I mean, COVID just, just, I mean, lit, lit this thing. I mean, it was, it was, it was a, like a gas fire. Um, the, the popularity of, of the sport. Do you, do you Graham see that popularity still growing and still continuing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's all, you know, 
like you mentioned, we both have, you know, day jobs that we keep as well. And I think a big piece of that was kind of as this took off, we we're like, I, I don't know, like, is this sustainable? How, you know, how much can we trust that this is going to keep going? But as we've seen, I mean, even whenever we started 20, whenever we started throwing, it was probably sometime in 2019 also. I mean, there were a couple leagues scattered through Houston. You know, we had to drive like 45 minutes an hour. There's probably like 10 to 15 leagues around Houston now. There's tournaments every single weekend. I mean, there's more and more people getting into it. Literally every every one of my friends, every person that I know that comes and plays one time, then all of a sudden they're, they want to buy boards and back. So mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, I don't see it slowing down. I hope it doesn't, but uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I don't, there's no signs of slowing down for sure. Hey Rich, at the, at at the risk of sounding like somebody like a like a like a TV host on Fox or CNN, uh, I'll give you the last word. We got like 15 seconds left. I mean, do you, do you continue to see the sport just growing exponentially like it is? Yeah, we uh, have for a year. You know, thought that it would uh, <laughs> slow down, and we just keep getting bigger and bigger. And you know, now that the ACL, I mean, they do a great job in marketing uh, and trying to get global expansions. I mean, I think that's like the next big thing is. Uh, going to Canada, across seas, you know, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as the younger generation, you know, just gets more and more involved and everyone's looking at, oh, it's freaking cool to throw these. And these kids just look amazing and awesome. And, you know, that type of thing. I think it only just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. And you've got, you've got what, two kids who just won the Carolina Conference tournament, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jackson, Jackson, right? And Jacob, I mean, they played great. They came down to the finals. And, and how old are they? They're teenagers, right? Yeah, I think they're what? Barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like 13 or yeah, right. Each other. It's crazy. Rich so. Chamness, Graham Williams. Hey guys, thank you so much. I know you guys are busy. So glad we could make this work out. And congratulations on all your success. Can't wait to see you guys down the road. Thanks for your time. Take Thanks, care, guys. fellas. You guys. Thank you. It's awesome. All right, great to have those guys on. So glad wow. it worked out. All right, Bernie. Five seconds and we gotta go. Uh, I'm just I'm just glad we finally got him on. It's a great story. I know. And again, I wish we had more time. It's killing me. It's killing me. It's crazy. Me. All right. Uh, thanks again to those guys for joining us. Uh, more next week. Thanks, everybody, for watching. See you.